0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and Bulldog fans everywhere. I would like to welcome you back to the Hale State shockwave. Um, of course, a lot has happened since we were last on the air. We are, you know, we're gonna try to fix this, guys. Bear with us. Um there's lots of places where you can get information about Mississippi State, and I know that it's not terribly convenient for us to be in and out like this, but uh, we're going to work on that. Nothing much I can say about it at this point. I do think that the odds of us doing a solo show are much more likely now. We kind of talked about that the last time we took a couple weeks off, but uh, it's probably something that's going to have to happen, and that's okay. You know, I'm Gavin's more than capable of doing one by himself. Uh, I don't know if y'all want to listen to me talk for that long, but you might have to, you know, <laughs> suck it up. Y'all are tough. So, we're just going to jump right into what we want to talk about, guys, and has a lot happened. Um, Gavin, is, is there anything big go on since November 29th?
1: Uh, well, let's see. We got just, invited. Just give me the highlights. So, we were going to go to the Belt Bowl, and uh, then we didn't. So right, because we we've done to, that before. We don't right, have to do that again. Right, and so we went to the Music City Bowl, and... Willie Ganger Schrader got into it during bowl practice, so then they didn't play. And, right. Or, Garrett, or, Garrett didn't uh, play. Um, his eye did. socket. Do what? Right. Um, I said that they didn't play, but I meant Garrett didn't play. And then after that, uh, we played our bowl game, stunk it up, lost to Louisville, Uh, got back in Starkville, and Moorhead was fired a couple of days later. We had a coaching search that lasted for six days that felt like six months. Right. Um, Ended up getting Mike Leach, and I think everybody's pretty happy about that. Right. And that's really been all besides, you know, just a lot of of signing class. That's what I knew I was forgetting something.
0: We had a whole signing class.
1: Yeah, we did. We're going to have a signing
0: class show in a couple weeks when when it's final. And it'll be final after the late signing period, as it's affectionately called now. It's actually just the regular signing period on the first Wednesday in February. We will get on get into that. Right now, we're gonna have to even just skip through some things because we didn't even mention basketball. Yeah. In our little list. I mean, there's whew, our bad guys. Our bad. So with that being said, let's talk about I'm gonna pick up with this coaching search. So we fired Joe Moorhead, and I think I don't think he got fired so much for the loss, so as much for the lack of discipline both on and off the field. Um, I don't know about y'all, but I almost threw up watching Louisville convert 40 different third and longs, you know, third and eight <laughs> or longer in a row. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was – they were pretty much running the ball on first and second down and getting nothing because – and they didn't care because they knew on third and 12 they were just going to pass it to that same receiver. He was going to be – wasn't going to have a guy within two yards of him, and they were just going to convert. So I was very much annoyed.
1: Well, I, will, I will tell you, though, that, that quarterback is the real deal. He was good, and th- that was,
0: receiver was I, I forget the receiver's name.
1: Oh, that's been too long. But that been too long. all I know he, is, he was killing, that, is that quarterback is Lamar Jackson did not be Jr. Do what I said that quarterback looked like Lamar Jackson Jr. And I don't know if he, that's he just the way it, we made any, him look.
0: Any trick play they wanted to ran was open. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was. It wasn't. It wasn't fun to watch. It was fun to watch us get a fourteen point lead, and after that, it was kind of irritating.
1: It wasn't fun to be there.
0: It was. It was not. I imagine I was not there. Gavin was there. Yeah. Um. So I, that's not what I think got in fire though. I think it's a lack of discipline. You have a team fight. Uh. Of course, we all know about uh, Willie and Garrett Schrader. I know a little bit. You know, I've heard a little bit more things from friends of mine. You know, I go to school here. I, everybody knows a football player. I figured i I'm not gonna share with you the some of the details about that fight, but uh just so you know, you know fight just know that it takes two to tango in a fight nine yeah. times out of ninety nine times out of a hundred um
1: there are a somebody fighters, somebody should not get in trouble for winning a fight
0: right right uh you should get in trouble for starting fights and you should get in trouble for antagonizing fights so yeah. that's all we're gonna say about that. And it's that kind of thing. You know, you also have football players. Several seniors, including Nick Gibson, were suspended for the first quarter of the bowl game because they missed a bowl practice. And that's just – that's discipline. So, we go – we fired Joe Moorhead. Joe Moorhead, now the offensive coordinator at Oregon. That was made official. We all knew about it yesterday. It was made official today. Best of luck. I think he'll do really good as a coordinator. Um, mm-hmm. I hope he does.
1: He's and, back up north, so that'll be good Guys,
0: for just because somebody – if he goes and, and Oregon starts scoring 60 points a game, don't think, oh, we should have kept – no. All right? No. It, situations are different. All right? Just leave it be. So, like Gavin said, we had a coaching search. And here's what I'm going to say about that. Nobody that's listened to the show hasn't heard already that we hired Mike Leach. Mike Leach, former coach at uh, Texas Tech and at Washington State, led both programs to higher, <clears throat> greater and, and higher success than they've ever seen before. And greater the Texas Tech has seen since, to be honest. Um, took Texas Tech to a Sugar Bowl, took Washington State to a New Year's Six Bowl, uh, and to a conference championship appearance um, last year, which, again, Texas Tech, excuse me, Washington State has been to 16 bowl games in their history. Mike Leach was six of those. They've been playing football since 1894 at Washington State. <laughs> um, that's impressive i'm just i mean there's no way there's no way around that washington state is historically one of the worst football programs in history washington state and oregon state up there some of the worst programs in history you know when you think about bad programs you think of uh some would say some would say us I, i i think there's a different level here than it is over there um of course because the past 10 years we've been very very competitive and in the 90s we were very competitive and we've kind of revise some of that history, you know, the early two, the early 2000s hurts us and the 70s and 80s hurts us, but some of these programs, if you think about, you know, Iowa State's been good the past two or three years, they've been decent, but Iowa State, Oregon State, a lot of these states, Washington State, schools like Syracuse, a lot of these ACC schools, they're, these are the bottom feeders, okay? Vanderbilt, of course. So uh, he took a bottom feeder and won a division last year. Now, this year wasn't as good. They fired the defensive coordinator mid-year. They could not stop anybody. They scored points, but they could not stop anybody. But what I'm going to say about Mike Leach is John Cohen did not do the Mississippi State thing. He didn't go hire a safe you know, coordinator slash non-Power 5 head coach or a NFL positions coach or something, which we almost did do and would have been fine with. You know, even though it appeared as if the coaching search was falling apart before our eyes, he went out and got a big fish. Mike Leach's name comes up in every single coaching search for every single big school every time every time a coaching search happens. You know, he was if not for uh, an athletic director getting fired at Tennessee a couple years ago, he'd probably be the coach of Tennessee right now. You know, we yeah. we went out and spent money, 5 million per year for Mike Leach. We went out and spent money, we went out and uh, got a big name. We got a trusted football mind. Nobody debates whether or not Coach Leach can, A, coach on the field, B, win games no matter how he wins them. And nobody debates that Coach Leach isn't a, isn't a heck of a dude and a funny guy. Uh, we can, we're we not going to sit here and talk about all the hilarious things and the crazy, <laughs> laughing little things he says because we all we all know about that. But we did not go and do – we went out and did what great teams do when they're looking for a head coach and that's go get a proven winner, go and get a sitting power five head coach. We have not got got a sitting head coach from another school since 1949 to become our head coach. We haven't done it. We've gotten coaches that have been out of football before that were previously head coaches. So we've gotten coordinators. That's, it has not happened in, I guess that's now 60 years ago was the fifties. Goodness. We're in the twenties now, right? (laughs) Nineteen forty nine 60 man. years ago. <laughs> that is crazy. Um, so we're thrilled about that. I'm thrilled about that. Uh, Mike Leach is bringing what appears to be his entire offensive staff and a strength and conditioning coach over here. I think strength and strength and conditioning and discipline was some of our, our biggest, biggest concerns this year. Um, and of course offense, and we know the offense will change. Um, I like the strength conditioning coach. A lot of guys said that he's a real good coach. We're going to uh, see see what happens there. But most importantly, I know that Mike Leach is a disciplinarian, and he's not going to put up with – you know, Coach Moorhead was everybody's best friend on the team, and that's great and all until you've got guys missing assignments, not showing up to practice, getting in fights. You know, that's just – that can't happen. You can't have that. The Winning teams don't do that. You know, Alabama doesn't do that. Alabama has, you know – Six, you know, s- several draft eligible guys coming back their senior year. Not because Nick Saban's their best friend. Because have you ever seen Nick Saban be anybody's best friend? Like, or nope. act like, you know, baby somebody. No, they're going down there because they know he's making he's making them a disciplined, well rounded, great football player upstairs and physically as a- as an athlete. So,
1: and that's like that's almost like the dads who want to be their kid's best friend. Like that's that's never going to turn out well. Doesn't always, sure. you
0: know. You want your kid, you know. I'm not the type of of son to tell my parents, you know, all my little problems and like my, you know, conf- they're not my confidant. They're, I mean, I tell them when I'm in trouble or when I need help or stuff like that. But you know, I don't go tell them, you know, I don't. Oh, dude, I'm worried about this quiz, you know, blah blah blah. I don't do that. Some pa- some kids do, and that's great. But what you don't need to be doing is you know, gossiping with mom or dad about your about every little thing and you don't need that same attitude from a coach. You know, you're not trying to I know Dan Mullen used to like to do the the relatable thing and he'd try to wear cool shoes and dress not and dress in like cool <laughs> kids' clothes or whatever. But Dan Mullen didn't just buddy buddy with his players. Okay. No. I mean you might want to be buddy buddy with your quarterback, but let me take a great example. Vic Schaefer has a special relationship with every point guard he's ever coached and it's like a father it's like a father daughter relationship almost but it's not best buddy relationship that he'll still get on their butt and gets on he gets on to the point guards harder than everybody else because i used to be a manager i watched practice he was hard on morgan william morgan william who we're at the first practice of the year the the last the second to last time she was on a competitive court she ended the the most prolific winning streak in basketball history by herself almost on one shot and he's getting on her heart and she knows what to do. And I know she and he knows she knows what to do, but he's still getting on to her. And she respected the heck out of him and still does. That's that's the way you want a coach to be right there. That's the kind of relationship you want to have. I hope Mike Leach will have that. I don't know think obviously, you know, we get on we people would get on to Joe about not being fiery. I don't know what they're gonna say about Mike Leach. I've never seen him get, get fired up about anything. He just kinda just like, Wow, that's that's interesting. That's kinda how he is. But
1: it's gonna we'll be fun. We'll see how that
0: goes. It should be fun. Um. All right, Gavin. So,
1: I'm you want to go ahead stuff. and talk about their this staff?
0: We need to talk about this staff. I need you to talk about defensive coordinators. Yeah. Then we're gonna talk about guys. We're gonna talk about some. Uh, we're gonna do some interesting. I'm gonna throw some interesting stuff at Gavin to see what he thinks about it. We'll move on to basketball and baseball as uh as time goes on. Um, a little bit about baseball because we are now 30 days away from our first baseball game on Valentine's Day. I do not have anybody to spend Valentine's Day with except Duty Noble. All right? And that's where I'll be. So, and if you're the same, there's no shame in that. Yep. But tell me what you think about some of these defensive coordinators that his names have been thrown around. We still haven't hired a
1: coordinator. The biggest defensive coordinator name at this moment is um, Ryan Walters. He's currently the D.C. at Mizzou. He's been there for about, he's been there since 2015, so he's been there through five years. Um, Right before he was at Mizzou, he was a cornerbacks coach at Memphis, cornerbacks coach at North Texas, and then he was a cornerbacks coach at Oklahoma. Um, So he's, he definitely has a proven track record. He's done good with their defense uh, these past few years, and just, he's honestly the leading candidate at this moment, but. You know, we all said that uh, Billy Napier and then Joe Judge, you know, they were leading candidates in the coaching search at one point, too. So there's really no clue. Nobody has a clue how this thing could turn out. And Mike Leach has done a good job of keeping his cards close to him. But as of right now, I would expect him to be our defensive coordinator. If it's not Ryan Walters, I would expect it to be the defensive coordinator of uh, UNC, Jay Bateman. He has a very impressive track record. He kind of started out He's – he's been a coach for 22 years, which is pretty impressive. Um, to my knowledge, he's never been in the SEC, but obvious, obviously he's had a Power 5 job, and I just think that he'd be a good fit for us. Um, so hopefully –
0: UNC was a sneaky good team this year.
1: Right, and, the, and they've had a good, good defense. Them. So They did. good. They he, got a freshman
0: quarterback that's going to be real good.
1: Yeah, he has he has head coaching experience. Um, so yeah, I just think that he could be a good fit for us. He was actually the co-defensive coordinator this year, gotcha. um, and 2014 to 2018, he was the head defensive coordinator at Army. So, Makes but I, like I said, I'd keep my eye on Walters, and if Walters doesn't happen, then I'd be looking towards Bateman.
0: Um, some of the guys that are probably not going to be a defensive coordinator, Bob Shoop is still could still be retained. It doesn't look that way. I would be totally fine if they kept Bob Shoop. Yeah, um, I'd be happy fact, with that. In fact, over those two guys you named, I think Bob Shoop's a better coach.
1: Right, um, and and we have guys in our fan base who are saying like, "Oh, Bob Shoop gave up 36 to LSU. We need to we need to kick him out of here." And
0: Bob Shoot gave up the he, third fewest points to LSU. I don't want to hear yeah. that. Alabama gave
1: uh, up more. Well, Alabama, my thing, everybody Tennessee
0: gave up more. Brent Venables gave
1: up more than twenty. That's, that's than exactly plus. what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, so, we're, so are we firing? Are we taking Shoup over Venables if we're using that logic? Um,
0: hmm. Brent Venables. So I know at least one person mentioned his name for our uh for RDC spot. I laughed a oh,
1: lot.
0: Yeah. Brent Venables gets paid more than most head coaches and has. If you don't think he's been throwing every single offer in the book, he only brings you know a top five defense almost year in and year out, and has not taken a head coaching position yet. Do so you think he's going to take a coordinator position? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Todd Grantham, I actually think if not for contract purposes, con- Todd Grantham would be a likely candidate. But here's the thing: he has to give back a lot of the money he's earned, or that he or or and or not receive a lot of the money he is due. If he takes a coordinator position elsewhere, if he takes a head coaching position or NFL position, any, any kind of NFL position, his contract is more favorable to allow him to do those such things than to take a coordinator spot. I know that his son plays baseball here. His son, that is a spring sport though. Todd will be able to come by and watch. We'll probably all see him at duty. Noble field and think bro, come coach. Dang. (laughs) I really, I probably a dark horse candidate, him and Bob shoot, but not terribly likely. Um, your breaking news moment is both at the exact same time we were blessed, absolutely blessed, to find out that Errol Thompson and Kylan Hill, who had previously announced that he was not staying for a senior year, are both going to be returning to next year's team.
1: That is fantastic news. Um, uh, Guys,
0: here's the thing. I worry about a defense that doesn't have Errol Thompson or Willie Gay on it next year because Willie Gay is gone. I was, I was really, really worried. Like if, as soon as I heard that Errol was considering a a jump to the league, which I don't think would be good for him. Errol's. Errol's not, doesn't have the testables that in the combine is going to make him look real good. He's way better on film and and upstairs than he is in these like cone, you know, in a cone drill and a leap and all that, which sucks for him because he's going to get drafted lower than he should because of that. But you know what? Come time. I bet come time for his second contract in the NFL someday, he's going to make a lot of money. But, uh, I, I think that was best for him and definitely best for us. We we've got a young linebacking core without him. Leo Lewis and Tim Washington are, we're seniors this year. They're done. Errol Thompson Thompson will be our only truly experienced linebacker. And we need him bad because he's the captain of our defense. Of course, he'll be a team captain next year, uh, more than likely. And then Kylan Hill, Kylan Hill, you know, people say he needs to get to the, he needs to come back and learn how to better pass protection, know how to be a better receiver out of the backfield. Uh, it's a lot simpler than that. First of all, they'll teach you how to pass protect in the league. If you're a top three draft pick, top first three rounds, of course, they will teach you to pass protect or else you'll get fired. And they're not worried <laughs> about that. I mean, they're running backs don't go into the league and then just are awful at pass protection and then just just stay that way. They either get better, they don't ever get used to pass pro, and they don't put them in in those packages, or they don't play football. And I don't think that was going to happen to Kyle. And people want to oh, he needs to get better at X, Y, and Z. No, Kyle needs to stay because there's a lot of good running backs that are getting drafted this year, and he'll probably go higher next year. Okay, that's that's pretty much the the long and short of
1: it. To yeah, me. he'll he'll probably be one of the first three running backs off the board next year.
0: That that's you know I could see that happening. I could see that happening. Kylan Hill is an NFL type player. It was a, this was a hard decision for him. Like I said, he already announced he was going to the league. Decided to come back. This is huge news for us. And um. Just He's going some... to be very, very dangerous in this new system, too, and I'll explain why in a minute. Can you say what you are about to say?
1: Um. So just an interesting way that I was looking at this right before because we obviously got the news literally right before we started recording. But I was thinking about – so Kylan announced he was leaving when Joe Moorhead was our coach, correct? Correct. So does this mean that the Leach hire – he thinks highly enough of the Leach hire for that to bring him back to college – or was he already second and guess second guessing himself, and there was a possibility that he was coming back even if Moorhead came back? I
0: think it's definitely. I think the coaching the coaching change changed things. I, all those tweets to me started you know surfacing when, with the coaching change, I, right. uh, which 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 again, reflects on Joe Moorhead. We can't act like it doesn't. Errol Thompson announced that he was leaving. Are uh, not leaving, considering leaving before Joe Moorhead was fired. Joe Moorhead gets fired. All of a sudden, well, maybe not. You know, Cam Dancer is already. We know he's already gone. He left early. I wonder if he might 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 have considered changing his mind. It might be too late for him, for Cam to change his mind. If you hire an agent, you can't go back. Right. That's that's why a lot of these juniors will wait to hire an agent till March or after Pro Day, something like that. But if you hire an agent, you're done. So, luckily for us, uh, Aaron Thompson and. Uh, Kyle Kylan did decide to come back. And again, probably the most important recruiting job Mike Leach will do for next year's team is whatever he told Kylan to help him come back. (laughs) And here's the thing. People thought, oh, now Kylan's definitely gone. You've got the most pass-happy coach in in football. Well, he's coached 1,000-yard rushers 10 times, okay? Or he's coached 10,000-yard rushers. That's how I should say. All right? That's a lot in 18 years. You don't usually have you – 1,000-yard know, rushers aren't exactly, you know, a dime a dozen, okay? He's coached 1,000-yard – he's coached 500-yard receivers out of uh, out of the backfield dozens of times. It's common. Kyle's going to find a way to get yards. And here's another thing. With a with the type of athlete, a better athlete than he's ever had, okay, at running back and at quarterback and also pretty much across the board for several positions, Mike Leach – is now you know you've got five receivers out there running routes all of a sudden you've got you've only got five maybe four guys at, at the line of scrimmage maybe three guys at the line of scrimmage you've got you know five to six maybe four guys in the box period Kylan hill might just run all over some people i mean might no, just that's eat them be off. interesting i'd like to see what he does he's never had any kind of rushing quarterback most of his quarterbacks fall into negative rushing yards just because of sacks and they don't he doesn't his offenses do not take a lot of sacks I'd like to see if no. he actually has a rushing quarterback. If Garrett Schrader is a quarterback next year, which I sincerely pred- – I do predict and I do hope that he is. I just hope that he is. You know, I hope the best man gets a job, but I hope it's Garrett because if Garrett leaves, he will become a amazing player wherever he goes. And I just gonna, – I'm going to feel bad if we miss out on it, even if even if he's not our guy.
1: You know, I'm just going right. to feel bad. And I kind of feel the same way about Keaton and Maiden, though, because you, you would assume that they're gone if, you know – if, if Garrett plays
0: our I've heard rumors from fans that Keaton's working at receiver. I've not heard from a player, coach, media guy that Keaton's working at receiver. That'd be nice. keaton has got the body for it to play receiver, the speed.
1: Yeah. I'd like, i think. like I'd
0: like and we need receivers. Expecting Yeah, but I think Keaton's ceiling
1: now. higher. I think huh? Keaton's ceiling is probably higher as a quarterback. These so. coaching changes
0: were not good for his development. Right. Um and I hate that's 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 not his fault, but they were not. So we're going to have to definitely keep an eye on the quarterback situation, also the receiver situation. We've got six, seven, give or take, pass catcher, you know, tight ends or receivers returning. we got several in the class, but, a, you know, a defensive guy or a transfer be looking for that. Uh, Mike Leach has already offered an offensive lineman uh, recruit. We need to get one more offensive lineman in this class, be it from JUCO transfer or whatever. We could also use another linebacker. So keep an and eye looking, on those things.
1: As Do Colton I, was talking about a minute ago, I have the stats pulled up now so we can elaborate a little bit. But So Washington State threw the ball 710 times this past season.
0: Oh, that's um, a quite a few.
1: Yeah, and they were sacked 20. So, you that's know, that's... <laughs> an
0: amazing, this is not even a, a great football team,
1: okay? This
0: yeah. was, a, again, defense hurt them really bad, but you got to think. 20 sacks at a 710 attempts how many sacks did we give up
1: oh yeah
0: let's that's see, a sack let's on say. like
1: 2.8 percent of the time or something like that that's amazing
0: was just for comparison and guys I, our offensive line was pretty all right yeah I'm not thrilled with the offensive line, line this year They took it thought they were gonna do for sure but they definitely uh definitely were serviceable more than serviceable, I think, as as a group. Let's just see how sure. many, how many,
1: how many passes we, we gave up. We gave up thirty-one sacks this year on three hundred fifteen passes.
0: Three hundred. How many passes? Three
1: hundred fifteen passes and thirty-one sacks. Passes.
0: That's that's almost triple the rate. Okay, so let's think. We're throwing <laughs> a little bit less than half the passes, or a lot less than half the passes, and giving up eleven more sacks more sacks I mean that's crazy that's that's just what Mike Leach does all right Mike Leach you know now here's the weird
1: thing though you want to hear a weird stat I do so we got sacked 31 times like I just said and lost 193 yards on sacks okay okay Washington State got sacked 11 less times than us and they lost 160 yards on sacks. So there's only a 30 yard difference in, and we got two thirds of the amount of sacks they did. That is kind of odd.
0: Just means that taking longer sacks. Yeah. <laughs> um.
1: Maybe, right, yeah, maybe he has like some, a eight step drop back.
0: I'm gonna throw some numbers at you. All right. Okay. So, over or under? We're gonna play over under. I'm going to set the n- okay. n- number I want you to tell me. I want you to pull up their stats if you can. Pull up our stats. Um, I'm going to say a number you just come over under. All right? Okay. Over under passing yards, 4,000. Now, let me put some numbers in there to help you think of your decision. Single season score records, of course, is Dak Prescott's It's 3,449. All right.
1: Right. That's broken. There's no doubt in my mind.
0: You think okay. So you think that's broken. Thirty five hundred yards and we've broken it. All right. Over under four thousand, Mike Leach has done four thousand yards fourteen times in his career and uh, that's obviously way more seasons than he has has had fourteen thousand yard passers.
1: Right. What do you think? I'm saying over.
0: All right. Over and just under, because. Just because.
1: They're their quarterback this season. Had almost 5,600 passing That's yards, good. and I, there's no doubt in my mind that we have three guys on our roster that are better passers than, you know, than um, what's his name, Gordon. I can't think of his first name. Anthony Gordon. Yeah. All right.
0: 500-yard receivers. How many receivers get 500 yards this year? For the record, Washington State had seven. This is crazy numbers, guys. Seven receivers with 500 yards or more last year, including their running back. Do you want me to give names? Over, uh, you don't have to. I just, just over and under. Do we think, how many, how many, you think we'll have more than five 500 yard receivers? Under. Under five 500 yard receivers. So do you think you're going to have not a lot of receiver production or just a lot of, a, a bulk of the receptions coming from the same couple guys?
1: I think it's just that we don't have the wide receiver depth yet to have five guys that. Unless, you know, unless we're counting Kylan in that mix, Kylin's going to get us two It would
0: count tight ends.
1: Okay. Uh, let me. Yeah, that's t- I think five's right on the money. I think.
0: I think if I
1: if I had to guess a number, I'd say five.
0: I think it could happen. I, I'm really looking to see who's playing receiver next year. And I'm looking to see – I assume Osiris Mitchell will still – will be one of your three starting receivers. You know, I, I guess they'll right. have four or five
1: receivers. The guys that I think could go over five hundred, obviously Osiris, Javante Payton, Malik Heath, Kylan, and depending on how much he sees the field, I don't know, but I like Spivey's chances.
0: Yeah, I like – there you go. I think you sound good. Yeah, you know, maybe one of the freshmen. Uh, right, and I was thinking guy, Tulu maybe, Malik Heath,
1: which I, maybe yeah, I said Heath. Heath was my third guy.
0: Oh, uh, I did, I missed that name.
1: But I think I think Tulu. Could, if somebody's going to go over as a first one, it's going to be Tulu.
0: Yeah, uh, LeDedeck Griffin. That's Tulu. He's unreal speed. Um, another thing about receivers. Our receiver recruiting is about to take a jump. Okay, Ole all of a sudden all the good receivers are coming here instead of Ole Miss. And, you know, some of the running – we might lose a couple running backs. I'm interested to see what Kylan does this year from a running back standpoint just because if he has an awesome year even with this, you know, 70%, 65% passing, running backs, you know, might say, okay, that's fun. I can play in that offense and still want to come here, which would be awesome for us.
1: Right. And we're Um, still – we're still set at wide receiver for the next four years even if – even if we don't – even if we take a drop off on – Running back recruiting,
0: right. All right, so mm-hmm. let's think. Dude, we can just over, over, under average fan attendance. I'm gonna say at fifty nine thousand. Average about fifty five last year. I'm saying it kind of high.
1: I'm gonna say over.
0: I'm gonna look at the schedule for this. All right, if you're saying over. You're giving some good positive numbers. Let's let's look at the schedule for Mississippi State football. And I know it mostly off my head.
1: I just yeah. think fans are going to be so sure. excited. This is this is one of those this is one of those hires that's going to put butts and seats immediately.
0: I think so too. But now a lot of guys before the, a, a lot of people before this hire were out. All right, right, they were out. But then as soon as this hire comes, they're like, "Oh shoot, I'm I'm not only in, I'm doubling down, I'm in." Like man, yeah. let's go. So let's look at this schedule. Okay, we play at home versus Mexico. Now that's the opening game. A, you might have a. I was. This is on. Um, this is on Thunder and Lightning podcast today. That's Brian Haydad and Joel Coleman. Their 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 show awesome. I love their show. Uh, Mike Leach's first game in the SEC might be a night game. Just thinking about you know how opening weekends go. There's not a ton of awesome games. If that's a night game, I think we have a decent crowd at that one. And maybe they maybe we get we fill out the place for Mike Leach's first game.
1: Oh, and it wouldn't be blazing hot, dude. That would if be it, so great. If it's cold,
0: you know, we had we had a, a night game for opening season in two thousand eighteen, for the season opener. Right. Um, then we go to North Carolina State. That's a team we should beat. We might. I mean, I'm not going to call a road Power Five game a win, but NC State really struggled this year. So we let's say we're two and oh, We come two and O. Oh, we come home to Arkansas. SEC, SEC play is still getting started. Not every single team will be playing a conference game that week, but uh, most teams, a few teams. You know, I can see a lot of. Te- I figure a lot of people might come to watch us play Arkansas. That's the game we sh- should definitely win. Beat Arkansas at home. and oh, we man. got Tulane Sam Pittman.
1: Sam Pittman's going to have them in national championship shape by week three next season.
0: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, they'll probably beat us by <laughs> sixty. Um, at-, at home against uh Tulane, at home against Texas A and M. That's an October. We're coming in October now. Your bye weeks in the next week. Uh. By week's on the 10th, Texas a on the third. At home, on the road against Alabama, on the road against LSU. On Halloween night, we play Auburn at home. At home versus Missouri, another game that we should win, just based on how this team did last year versus this year, okay? Missouri really struggled last year when they were supposed to be really good, and this year they're not supposed to be that good. So, uh, there was like 6-6 six six team last year, uh, despite having Kelly Bryant. Um. And then, of course, we've got a cupcake on November twenty first, second to last game. Uh, our our that Missouri game will be our last conference home game on November seventh. I can see. I don't think I'm going to say under on average attendance fifty nine thousand, unless we mess around and beat. I I have think we have a decent chance to beat Texas A M unless we mess around and beat you know LSU or something. Uh, maybe we beat A and M. LSU
1: just got a lot more winnable though. It did.
0: Um, For reasons, you know, Joe Burrow's gone. Joe Brady, their passing game coordinator, who's the author of that and that father, that brilliant offense, is gone. Uh, A lot of people think LSU will get back to a nine and three, eight and four type team this year. I doubt that. Actually, I highly doubt that. I think their defense is going to be a little bit better, but uh, we will see. That remains to be determined. We have to go to LSU. I don't think you know. Don't like our odds there, although we've done it before. But I mean, let's see if we can get pull big crowds. You know, depending on the time slot for A and M and then Auburn. Okay, then our last couple of home games we might have a lot if we happen to beat A&M in Auburn. You know, we could do it. I can see it happening. Not sure. I think the next year it might. All depends. You know, if we win eight games, if we win seven games, I'm satisfied. If we win eight, I'm pr- I'm pretty thrilled. If we win six, I don't. I'm not that worried about it because it's the first year for Mike Leach. Uh, I think we could do all right.
1: See, I'm willing to bet that if that um, NC State game, I'd say. Let me let me think about this. Let me think of a reasonable number. If it's a night game, I'd say that there could probably be around sixty thousand people in there. Ah, uh,
0: night games are gonna are gonna affect a lot. Okay. I'm just gonna go ahead and say that. CBS games are gonna affect a little bit. Um CBS might not be a thing next year for the SEC. There's a chance. But uh
1: what's our maximum? Like 61 65. Three?
0: 60. Close to 65. Right at 65.
1: Okay.
0: So this year we average about 55, 56. So we'll hmm. see. It's to be determined. Moving on now, we're gonna move on to different things. The Mississippi State basketball team. We're talking about the men's for a little bit, then talk about the women's. Um the basketball team. Got off to an awful, awful start. You got people calling for Coach Howland's head. You've got people uh thinking, you know, calling for disaster, thinking, you know, we've wasted the season, and it looked that way. I was, I was kind of with them. I'm not sure about, you know, I'm not terribly high on Ben Howland. I'm not terribly low on him either. But we lose to at home to Auburn in a really competitive game. A great atmosphere in the Hump for uh, day one of SEC opener. Over Christmas break, we got to play the SEC champion, which is great for crowds, which the SEC absolutely murdered us on our schedule, both in football and basketball this year.
1: We play Ole Miss.
0: I'm not going to be here at home. We play Ole Miss at home over spring break. I'm pissed. Uh,
1: I might have to make the drive.
0: We play Ole Miss over Easter break. So it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday games for baseball. That's Super Bowl all weekend. We made Super Bowl all weekend not go through Sunday, which I've never seen happen. Uh that's bizarre on our part and Mississippi State and the part of the SEC. But uh so we, we dropped that game. We drop we lose badly to a bad Alabama team on the road. And then we played pretty good against LSU. We have some stretches where we kind of fall asleep at the wheel there, and LSU ends up beating us on a uh three a buzzer beating three pointer to uh to beat us by one, which was just absolutely you know, hit me right. Really and then we come out here and hold Missouri to five to forty-five points and beat them by thirty. That was last night. <laughs> if you're looking at this schedule, okay, we've got a huge game in the hump this Saturday against Georgia. Uh, we've got a game against Arkansas. Let me see where that is. That's probably that's at the hump. Another huge game that's coming up on the twenty-second. SEC Big Twelve Challenge coming up. That'll be a, a resume boosting game. Then we have to play Florida. All right. Just looking down the schedule. Tennessee, Kentucky. Tennessee is not what they were last year. That's a winnable game, but hard. We should beat Vanderbilt uh, after we play Kentucky. But Kentucky, I'm not sure what we're going to be, if we're going to be able to win that game. We go 2 Ole Miss, Arkansas again, South Carolina. That's the game we should win. Texas A&M, that's the game we should win. Alabama at home. If we don't beat Alabama by 30 at home, I'm going to quit school and drop out. Then we play Missouri again. We just beat them by 30 once. We got South Carolina again. We should we can win at South Carolina or at home. Now, South Carolina got super, super hot in SEC play last year, but uh, not really the same team this year. And then we have Ole Miss at home to finish up the year, and that's over spring break. Right now it's looking like, you know, if we do eight and eight in the league, the league's not very strong this year. We're probably not going to make the tournament, and we're already one and three. That means we really can't really – we can't really – we got to kind of be nine and seven in this league. We can't really lose, you know – that's kind of scary. That's it's kind of terrifying me. We can't really lose four more. We can lose four more conference games. And we play Kentucky. Realistically, we play Kentucky. We play Arkansas, at Arkansas at least once. We play, uh, let's see if we play at A&M. We play, we, we got A&M at home, looks like. No, we do not play at A&M, but we are favored when to win that game early on. Um, We have to play at Mizzou. We gotta play Tennessee. We gotta play at Kentucky. We got Tennessee at home. Let's see, do we? Yeah. Tennessee at home. But we have to play at Kentucky, at Arkansas, at Ole Miss. And we really can't lose more than four games. You know, that's just kind of scary. So look looking at we'll see. We'll keep our thumb on the pulse. Reggie Perry's doing really good things. Um Tyson Carter got moved out of the starting lineup last night because he's been in a really bad slump. He came off the bench on his birthday and had a great game. Him and Greg Carter are now the only father-son duo in SEC history to each have over a thousand points. I, I think that's just amazing. You, you you would expect that to happen, you know, somewhere, but it's never happened in SEC history. Happened to mm-hmm. us. Uh, happened last night on Tyson's birthday. He passed his dad for in the all-time scoring list. Uh, he's had it so, for a little while, but he passed his dad on the all-time scoring list last night.
1: So my question would be: Would So, if you – like, let's say that Tyson didn't come to MSU and he went to, like, Tennessee. Does that count towards the father-son record? If he was to transfer to another SEC school? Yeah, that's what – if he – no, not transfer. Let's just say he never came to state. Is it still considered, like, the father-son SEC yeah, Yeah, I think it would.
0: Yeah, that would still count.
1: I didn't know if they had to be from the same school for it to count. Well,
0: still – um, it's also that they are on the same school. Greg Carter is actually a coach at Starkville High School. He's won multiple state championships and has been nominated for Coach of the Year in the country, which is awesome. Uh, but we're going to uh, keep, a, keep a finger on the pulse of the men. You know, we're not expecting major things. We're not expecting them to compete for the SEC like we thought we might. Uh, Reggie Perry is doing awesome stuff. Um, we're going to keep looking at him. He'll be gone after this year. Um, I'd like to see Reggie Perry get more involved and less frustrated when his teammates don't do exactly what he wants them to do. He kind of shrugs his shoulders a little bit and kind of gets down. I need him to be competing from uh, buzzer to buzzer. You know, we'll see how it goes. They did a much better job last night. Um, really made me feel better about the team. Uh, I would if they don't lost the Gatt game last night, I'd be ready to bury the team. I'm, I'm being completely honest. Um, moving on to the women's side of things, the women, of course, doing what they do best. They're on a bit of a of a, of a pretty good streak right now um, they dropped a, a home game to West Virginia inexplicably I don't know how that even happened that makes no sense to me uh, that was like the women's the SEC Big 12 challenge and they managed to lose a home game for the first time in a very long time they also lost a neutral site game to Stanford earlier we've talked about that Stanford's one of the best teams in the country as well it was a close game nothing to be ashamed about there but our women look really, really good. They've got LSU coming in. Um, I think, I believe tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. And the LSU is a really good team. Also, they're they're not ranked, but they're one of the uh, they're thirteen and three. They'll give us a run for our money, but I think we should win that game. Then we get to go to South Carolina, who's currently the number one team in the country. That's going to be probably the biggest test of the year, uh, for sure. This is a team that uh, that is scoring a ton of points for South Carolina. Mississippi State scoring a lot, but um, not as much as South Carolina. So, and uh, so far in all of our home, in all of our conference games, we've done really well. We destroyed Florida, um, went to Georgia and won by eight, by seven on the road, and then beat Missouri pretty bad at Missouri. They, they kind of made it a little bit closer at the end, but we were ahead by a lot the whole time. Rakia Jackson, one of your fresh uh, your freshmen, who's your your Victoria Vivians-esque, your first McDonald's All-American to ever play for Mississippi State. She is uh, absolutely doing what we thought she would do. She's still a little bit raw and learning the game, but she's, she's you know, started off a little bit slow, but she's a freshman. I mean, who didn't think she'd start off slow? Now she's scored 19.3 points per game, which is leading all freshmen in the SEC. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, Got to understand, and Andre Espinosa-Hunter hasn't even played a lot the last three weeks. One senior, and then everybody else on your team is sophomores and freshmen. And so that's, that's three of your starters are sophomores and freshmen. So we're going to be all right for years to come, especially at the, at the post position, at the point guard position um, on this basketball team. And I'm really excited to see what they're going to do this year and in years, uh, next year and the year after that, of course. Uh, especially, you know, Maya Taylor, and Jessica Carter's senior year, I, they, they might be some monsters. Maya Taylor's taking, it seems like four charters a night. It's insane. Um, and also getting a lot of assists and points as well um gavin i'm kind of feeling a a certain mood over the past couple days you know national championship was i got to watch the national championship at school uh i put me and my co-director for in the student association put on an event to have a bunch of students to watch watch it in the student union at mississippi state and that Final uh, whistle blew, football season's over for college, and I started thinking about one thing, Gavin. I think you might know what it is. What do you think I was I was feeling about?
1: Let me think. You were probably ready for baseball season.
0: I'm absolutely ready for baseball season, Gavin. I'm so excited about yeah. baseball season, but I've, I've, I've gotten used to basketball. The allure the of it, the newness of it has worn off. I am ready right. for baseball season, okay? I love and I every like, minute of baseball season that we're not getting beat, and that doesn't happen a lot.
1: Yeah, baseball. That's what I was about to say. Baseball. It feels like there's there's less of a chance of heartbreak.
0: Thing is, a baseball heartbreak hurts a lot.
1: Correct. You know, baseball. Getting beat- baseball is just one of those things where you have so many opportunities. Like even if you lose one game, you you can still go out. If you lose one game on a weekend, you still have two more chances just to get, you know, a little fighting back on the same team that just beat you. So as long as you don't lose on a Sunday, everything's good.
0: As long as you don't lose on a Sunday, we're not we're not gonna lose the Sunday Blacks. We didn't lose at all last year in Sunday Blacks. We're really? not uh, we're gonna win a lot of series, you know. We're just gonna kinda just talk about what's going on. Right now, um We've got JT Ginn on Fridays, Christian McLeod on Saturdays. That seems to be the given. I heard an interview with Coach Lamonis this morning. Um, Matt White did a really good interview on his baseball podcast that he only does during baseball season. Great stuff. Well, then, the Sunday thing is up in the air, but Coach did say that it's probably going to be Eric Sarantola. The new Maple Hammer, I, last you know, we called Jack Kruger the Maple Hammer, but he was a physician player. I think the Hammer is you know the pitcher because you can bring that hammer curveball.
1: You know, anyway. Yeah.
0: Eric
1: Sarentola. isn't much of a curveball guy.
0: His twelve six curve is dirty. Mm-hmm. What you mean? I mean, but, I mean, now we, we know Sarah that's not what he's known for. I mean, we're looking at Eric because the dude, the dude, if the dude throws a pitch ninety four miles an hour, we're 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 thinking his arms hurting. Okay, like that's how that's how hard this dude throws. Um. But when he comes back, he comes back with a curveball that starts at your eyes and breaks down to your waist, you know, uh, which keeps guys honest. You know, he throws a curveball at 76 when he's throwing his fastball at 96. You're just like, dang, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully, uh, I think that I do think he'll be the starter. I predicted him to be the starter at the end of last year. But uh, I'm really excited to see that. We're going to have some young players uh, this year. But of course, your core of Foskey, Westberg, and uh, Rowdy Jordan. Um, are going to be returning, in Tanner Allen, of course. Tanner Allen is moving to right field. That's confirmed already. Uh, we'll have a new first baseman next year. Uh, lots of young players. going to have to figure some things out at catcher, but uh, Luke Hancock looks like he's going to take that up really well. We did lose um, Hayden Jones to the transfer portal. So, we, after Luke Hancock, freshman Logan Tanner will be our secondary catcher, was what it looks like right now. Super excited for yeah. baseball. Um, we will get a preview probably in February before the season starts. We'll probably go on before and after, after each series. Talk about baseball during baseball season, and we might do some shows with at least one of us from actually in the uh, baseball stadium, which that
1: would be cool. You know, I might yeah.
0: get distracted, but we'll do it. And if I can find a quiet, there might place be some
1: background noise. People. Do what? I said there'll probably be some bre- background noise. There'll
0: be some background but, noise. I think it'll add to the character of the show. And also, like yes. like it's like I said, if I can, if it's a weekend series where nobody's there because it's uh. Because it's not an SEC team or if it's a midweek game, I might, you know, go sit somewhere where nobody can hear me and do a show. Because they'll let you sit anywhere if it's not full. Right. That's not
1: a bad idea. I think
0: we should do that. All right. Well, that's all we've got for today. Best of luck to whatever you've got going on. Remember to always uh, think positive thoughts. Always think about how much you love Mississippi State and what we can do to make Mississippi State and Starkville a better place and the world a better place. Until then, as always, praise the Lord and go dogs and hail State.
1: Hail State.